Hey, what's up, guys? This is Finn. And this is Heather. And welcome back to a brand new episode of The Best You Nation. Where we're here focused on managing your drive so that way you can optimize the 24 hours that you have in a day and live elevated. Make sure to follow us and subscribe to our podcast on all of your favorite platforms. Hey, 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 guys. What's up? This is The Best You Nation. I'm Adler. And my, well, I'm not sure if you're positioned left or right, but my buddy, Finn Foster. Yes, I'm here. Yes. Um, first and foremost, thank you guys for joining us uh, for this week's episode. We appreciate you. We got uh, tons of love. Um, we are currently using a different uh, recording, like platform. What is it called? Like, yeah, it's a different platform, platform. that it, uh, it it's uh, it gives us an opportunity to make more quality. Uh, audio and video. It's something new. We're both trying out. I think, uh, you know, we, we find ourselves looking for better ways to expound upon our, uh, you know, our podcast. So we'll see. This is our new, new opportunities to, to go beyond what we're doing normally. So we're, we're definitely, so if we sound different or look different, that's because uh, it's intentional. We're trying something different. Um, so, uh, definitely give us some feedback just so I will make sure that everybody can hear us <clears throat> loud and clear. Um, but anyway, Finn, how you doing, man? How, how was your week? My week's been pretty good, man. I've been working, you know, I've been working Monday, I guess if you're going to be, if you want me to be honest, I've worked pretty much every day this week, including the, the days I was off. Uh, you know, you're, you're doing some good stuff and, um, I, you know, paint a house would have been fun you know that's that's a lot of work um but when you look at things you know when you want to hustle and you want to get things done and you're looking at your year and you have to start mapping things out um i wanted to start off the year strong so i picked up a bunch of extra shifts at the ed mm -hmm. and then of course just some side hustle jobs um so if i'm gonna be honest i'm a little on the tired side but I'm also like motivated and inspired to get going. And I think that's the, that's kind of the gist of where I'm at. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we just, we got to find a way to do it. That's uh, that's the story of life, you know, um, it's hard work and you know, life is hard, whether you choose the easiest, uh, well, life is hard no matter what. So you got to just choose your heart. So it's, um, it's also, it's also depend on how well you handle it. I think people don't, don't realize that shortcuts don't always work. Uh, shortcuts yes. for life. I think shortcuts for life don't necessarily work. So either way, it's going to be hard, but it will be harder if you try to cut corners. Um, you just get better at it. You get better at being you. So it challenges you and it, it shapes you to be the person that you are expected to be and what people you know, get to know you for. No, that's, that's for sure. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, that's just kind of like, you know, life had just has a different challenge for you. Um, and it's just different in each stage of life. You know, uh, I, it brings me back to, um, my youth, right. Back in elementary, uh, the biggest challenge that I had was, Usually, nine times out of ten, was some form of test or something was coming up, and then um, there was a point in time where I had to deal with a bully, um, 
And that was my challenge. And I think it must have been like, I must have been in, in second or third grade. I wanted, it might have been third grade. I was nine years old. And this was my first run-in with a bully. And um, uh, I just remember just thinking to myself, like, why is this person just going out of their way to be mean and to say these nasty, terrible things to me? Um, and, like, I, I brought it up because this, this was different, right? And I, I wouldn't necessarily say, actually, you know what? I think that all form of bullying, it, it stems from uh, just, I don't know, just, I think just mid, misguided understanding. And so this kid, um, I still remember his name to this day, um, but this kid, he comes up to me and then starts making fun of my skin color. He starts like making fun of me for being like so dark. So he called me blackie. And of course, that's not like the worst thing that anybody can ever call. But I remember, um, like I was like nine years old and this, this kid is just, just relentless and just letting me have it. And, um, I had a friend when I was in third grade and he was a buddy of mine and it didn't sit well with him because he was like, you know, you don't deserve to be made fun of just for how you look like that's, you know, you can't change that. And so I remember, um, I remember like one, bringing it up to my parents and my parents, they have a very uh, passive way of dealing with things. Their thing is don't incite violence, don't fight, um, stand up for yourself, like speak up, but you have to use your words. And that's just kind of like, their, their, that's just what they've always taught me, right? right. And it just got to a point where, like, you know, I would try to talk to this kid to get him to stop. And really nothing I did helped because, you know, especially when you're kids, when, when people know that something bugs you, they don't care. They're just going to be more relentless and um, unstopping. And so I remember uh, my a buddy of mine, right? we're in the cafeteria and he was just getting so tired of him doing this. And this is probably, we probably went on for like a good, like two weeks, three weeks where he, I would see this kid and he would just start calling me names and saying all this stuff behind my back in front of my face, like a whole bunch of stuff. And he would say it in front of like all the other kids. So we're in the cafeteria, we're in the lunch line. And so he's like, Oh, Hey Blackie, look at you. You're eating like just saying something, like some, something ridiculous. And then I remember uh, my buddy, um, <laughs> I don't want to give his name, but like my buddy, he was like one, uh, nine years old, his name, Jay, we'll call him Jay, right? Um, so Jay, he was just like, look, when that kid goes through the line and he comes out with his food, I want you to push me, push me as hard as you can. And I was like, push you? Why, why would I push you? I don't like, what, what for? And he was like, I just, I need you to push me. I said, okay. All right. I, I don't know why I'm going to do this, but you know, whatever. And so at that time, the kids walking out with his tray and we were having hamburgers that day, hamburgers, a hot dog, something like that with like fries. And so he has his tray. And so he says, 
push me. And so I let out the shove and then he goes flying. But little did I know because I wasn't paying attention. I didn't know exactly what was going on. Jay had two things of ketchups open and I pushed them into my bully, right? And so Jay gets these two things of ketchup all over his white shirt and tosses all his food all over the cafeteria floor. And at this point, everybody, like, you know, some type of commotion like this, everyone stops and they're just staring now and they're looking just like, what's going on? And so um, my my friend Jay, he goes, sorry about that, ketchup boy. And then this kid was known as Ketchup Boy for the rest of, from third grade up until fifth grade. And it all stemmed from him picking on me and like making my life miserable. And like, I'm not, okay, like, you know, this is a, a childish way of dealing with it. I'm not saying that, you know, my nine-year-old self was correct in, in the action that was taken. But, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that like, I guess like that was the only bully bully story that I can really think of as a kid. And um, it made me feel bad for him because at the end of the day, like if we're, if we're being honest with ourselves, a lot of times the bullies are just, you know, people that have miserable lives themselves and they're just taking out their frustration on other people. And um, I, you know, I feel I've, I felt for the kid and I feel bad that what happened. And if I could actually, you know, do things over again, I, I probably wouldn't have pushed, you know, uh, my, my buddy into him, but you know, it's one of those things that just kind of just happened. Um, I don't know if you've ever had like a, a bully or some type of like odd strange story like, like that. Um, so listening to you, like, I think my, my biggest struggle was, uh, I had an experience where I was actually on the bus. I think this one's pretty, pretty common, uh, during middle school and like high school, you know, a lot of times, you know, you could, there's a separation between uh, the cool kids and the nerds or the kids that just kind of want quiet, the band geeks. Like there was always clicks in middle school and high school. Um, so there's a particular story that I actually share a lot with people because I, or not a lot, obviously I don't just go like looking for a reason to talk about it. But when the store, when the time comes right to talk about this bullying incident, um, it was seventh grade. And I remember there was a time that this actually happened. And, and I'm sharing this because I think it's important to realize that everything not only just stems from the person who's bullying, if you give an opportunity to somebody to bully you, um, they're going to run with it. So in my situation, there was an incident also in the lunchroom. Um, but I, I'm going to be honest. I think karma, karma kind of comes back and nips you the bud. So okay. the story kind of starts off with my buddies and I at lunch, we're sitting at the table, we're eating our lunch or after PE. And then, you know, we're, we're chilling, we're relaxing. And pretty much what ended up happening was, is that there was this, there was these kids behind us at a different table and this kid had like a mole on his face. Right. And so this actually, this is like, this is a two for one kind of story. And this, in essence, I was, my buddies and I, we were teasing this kid and you know, we, (laughs) 
we were bullying him and I wasn't really thinking, I was just kind of joining along. I would never really just bully yeah. somebody out of the blue. Um, but I guess. But only as long as the group, as a group did, yeah, then Finn was like, yeah, yeah sure. Felt exclu- it. it was more like you were included, but excluded. So we were teasing this kid, but what we did is we wrote this note on like one of those like napkins, like that came with like your silverware in school. And they're like, we could land a spaceship on that or something like that. Something stupid. Okay. Uh, so they, t- they dared me to throw it over on the table because I was facing away from that table. And like, there was, like, the, those were like the tables that had like eight seats connected to the table. Everybody had like their own little spot, their little round chairs that were connected to the table. So yeah. I, uh, I kind of chickened out and I, there was a trash can like right behind us, like where kids could throw the trash in. And they were kind of like every section, there was a trash can. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I could do this guys. No man, throw it. You got this. So I try. I'm not a basketball player. Never have I ever will, or never, never have I been, or will I? You know, like when you want to throw the paper towel or something in the trash can in the break room and you miss, and you're like, I should have signed up for the NBA. I'll never be that guy. So don't ever expect me to make any kind of three pointer from the break room. Um, but that's kind of what has happening. I tossed the paper towel thing that had the comment of, hey, we can land a spaceship on that. You know, we had to draw like a big old black circle and it was a mole. It was supposed to represent the mole. And nice. yeah, it was pretty rough. It was not nice. So in okay. essence, in my mind, I felt bad that we were doing this as kid, like teasing it. I mean, he had a hair growing from it. Like it was mean. I mean, like we're ruthless in seventh grade, right? So like, I, in my head, I'm thinking, nah, I, I'm if I don't do this, I'm not cool. I'm not going to you know, be part of the crowd. So I threw it and I genuinely was trying to get into the trash can and landed in front of this kid. Now, of course that was like what we were trying to do, but I tried not to. And so what ended up happening was he read it and he got up and he came over and kind of like, like started like smacking the hell out of me. Like it just, it was kind of like that in the moment, like I was getting my, like I was getting my butt whooped by this kid in the lunchroom in front of everybody and nobody so just smacking yeah, you I, would have never, just... I never expected it from this kid i never expected this kid that we all were teasing and it just backfired and look who, who ended up getting smacked and everybody at the table got super quiet and i was red in my face everybody thought i was crying so they just like the good old media they take a story and they blow it out of proportion everybody saw it but the principal so everybody all the students saw it. no assistant principal and by the time they turned around, everything went back to quiet. But of course, I was red as my shirt, and I was embarrassed. And so <clears throat> I ended up being the kid that uh, I guess I didn't have Facebook or Instagram or any of that stuff when I was in middle school. My parents didn't really care for it, nor did they let me have a phone or anything. So apparently, yeah. for my buddies, they were telling me, like some of the friends from the neighborhood were saying, "Yeah, dude, your like your story is like viral." And I'm like, "What? What does that even mean?" So I guess someone got it on video, number one. Number two, it got spread around like wildfire. And then like the whole time for like six months, people were calling me, uh, well, they called me the, the guy, the, they called him the, I don't remember, it was like something with the mole, the mole teaser or something. I don't know, something stupid. So now let's talk about what happens during, after that phase, that and that whole situation happened. So... <clears throat> Word spread around like crazy, and I remember on the bus, I sat kind of like middle to the front with my buddies in the neighborhood. We'd sit there and play like yeah. – I'd play on my buddy's iPod. We'd play like Temple Run or whatever. Um, this is way before even uh, – <laughs> before Highway – what was it? Surf, Surfer Highway Surfer or whatever that game is called. 
I, I don't know. You you went to middle school in a different time than I did. We didn't have well, smartphones. No, we had, we, we, we have... I'm just telling you, we didn't have smartphones. Oh. We had we had like razors. Oh yeah, you probably <laughs> played those little snake. We had to collect all the little fruits and the snake. Yeah, I mean, we used to play snake. That's that was, that's the generation. That was a pretty, that's a pretty. That's an original. But anyway, so oh. I would uh, the cool kids in the back would start saying stuff like, "Hey yo, yo, Steven, or no, Finn, Finn, hey, hey, Finn, you don't turn around, man." You know, your mom's not going to love you, like, saying stuff like that. Like, it was pretty ruthless. Like, hey, if you don't turn around, uh, you're, you're, you're just a jerk and saying all kinds of whack stuff. Like, oh, if you don't turn around, you know, we're going to fight you and we're going to beat you. I, of course, I would turn around and they start laughing at me. Say, ah, you're just a jack wagon. And so, like, that went on for months, man. And, you know, when I look back on it, honestly, I was just like, it's, it, it kind of was, I was part of a group. We bullied somebody. We were being mean to somebody else, and I'm kind of getting paid for it. But I think that I actually apologized. I apologized before I started getting teased. Um, and what ended up happening was I was constantly getting this, like, just this verbal, like, hey, you're this, you're that. You know, if you don't turn around, you're weak. So this was going on for months and months and months. And I remember one day I told my mom. I said, Mom, this is what's going on. You know, I came home from band practice. I said, Mom, this is kind of what's going on. You know, I was lugging this big old trombone around, so that didn't help me either. They're like, oh, look at you with your trombone, shut up, boom, whatever else they added on to those comments. And I was just, yeah, I was like, not, yeah. not only, like, I set myself up. You, know? you got you got picked on because you were in band, and then you picked this, picked on this kid. Yeah. He came back and he smacked you. Yeah. So, they recorded it. Yeah. yeah so, but I, it, it was like the game, I already, already, like, apologized to this kid after the situation happened. That's traumatic. During PE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now I'm like getting the raw in the stick. And so it ended up happening as long story short, this one kid one day, I remember I will, we'll, we'll call him. We'll call him by, we'll call him. First letter, first letter. Just go, keep no, we'll call him Jay. Yeah. So Jay, Jay decides to say, Hey, it's a Friday. He says, we're going to fight. Okay. You got, you got me at the time. I was probably like 110 pounds, like thin, like short, thin. I was not built to to fight anybody. I got a trombone, you know? So I'm thinking to myself, there's no way. So I said, all right, you know what? Bet we can fight. And then everyone on the bus got quiet. Cause they're like, you got this little guy, Steven or Finn, you know, I go by my middle name. And, uh, they're looking at me like I'm insane. So I said, all right, I'll see you. So I was mad. I was pissed, dude. I went home. I dropped off my trombone. I didn't, didn't even do my homework. My mom's like, where are you going? I said, I'll be right back. And of course I showed up to this kid's house, knocked on his door. His mom answers the door and she's like, are you okay? Like, yeah. I just want to see how Jake's doing. Went into Jake's room and I beat the living hell out of this kid. I fought him in his own. He was not expected. Number two, he, I was so mad because he was really the inter, uh, the interrogator. He ever for six months, I it just kept, building up and building up and building him. I went, yeah. I looked at him. It's like, if you watch the office when Stanley was charging at J, uh, at gym, when they were doing like the, they're at the beach and they were like in the sumo wrestler outfits. So I, yeah. I had my eyes were wide open. He, I charged at him, threw him to his bed. And I just started punching him and beating him up in his own bedroom. And then when I was done, I just said, I left and his mom was like, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah. Went home, took my bike, rode back home, 
And I told my my mom's like, why are you like, why are you like so red and huffing and puffing? I said, I just beat a kid up in his own bedroom, mom. My mom was not happy about it, but my dad, when he got home, my mom's like, you're gonna talk to your dad about this. And uh, my dad actually had the same situation when he was a kid. He was defending his brother, right? But same kind of situation. My dad like said, good job. My mom was pissed by that, but it doesn't matter. Point is, I ended up giving, I actually, I shocked this kid so bad because he didn't expect it. He like, I don't know. It was, it was such a weird concept. Like you gain respect when you can prove that you can be a man like by beating somebody up. And you know what's crazy? He never, ever said a single thing back to me. As a matter of fact, two weeks later, he got bullied and his friends left him at the skate park in Fishhawk, and, uh, which is a big subdivision where he's, where my parents live. And, uh, he ended up asking me like, bro, can I be your friend? Like, I'm so sorry that I picked on you for like six months about that whole thing. And it was like, you gain like respect or you like, you get a, you gain, I don't know what you gain, but it's some kind of weird thing. But anyways, in middle school, like looking back on it, I'm like, man, do I actually, should I have gone in that kid's house and plowed him to his bed and beat him to, to the ground? And, you know, we fought in his bedroom. Was it worth it? Ah, it was off school grounds. It was on a Friday. Uh, I just... I think a lot of it is that when there's something that's festering, it's kind of what you were saying a little bit of, a little bit ago. You said that bullies like to attack something that's easy. It's a target. It's something that can be used to bring you down. And I think when you talk about insecurity, right, there's something that's yeah. insecurity even in adults or as kids. It's something that we are aware of. We're sensitive. Now, maybe not necessarily every single moment of the way. But it's kind of like that big pimple on your face when you're like going to work and someone points it out, which I had a couple of weeks ago. I had when everyone was like, hey, you have a pimple on your face. I don't really care because you just learn to filter those things. And it's like, thanks. Saw it this morning when I woke up. But I used to get bullied for that, too. You know, you get picked on. But it's learning yeah. to channel that mindset. Like, why do why well, am I insecure? Let me ask you yeah. this. Um, do you believe that? violence was the best action in that situation. Just, I'm just so curious. You're asked, if I could tell me, you know, like younger me, I would have said there was a different way to handle that. Now, mind you, I had never fought in my entire life. I'd never had a fight. That was the only fight I ever had. And it was pure frustration and anger. So it wasn't the correct way of doing it. I think a lot of it was just, this is the best way to resolve it. Um, but I think when, if you ask me now, if you ask me now how I would have, if like if if I can go back and explain it to myself, like explain it to younger Finn, the way that I would explain it is like your response is this way because you something you've been it's bo- something's bothering you, and you want to respond physically and fight somebody. Violence is not the way. I think when you really sit down and you kind of analyze, even to day to like day to day, when sometimes you get frustrated about something, right? Just as I know this is not related to the bullying aspect, but when you're frustrated we tend to respond based off the emotion. So if you're plugging in the word insecurity and replacing it for anger, our insecurity tends to uh, be supported by an emotional response. And it's not always the most rational response either. So that's why when people say something to us, we wanna respond instead of giving it thought and realizing, well, you know what, this might not be 
the best way to handle it. Maybe there's a different approach. And for me personally, I think talking to him about it or maybe even letting it go, um, eventually I think the flame would have kind of burnt out. I don't think that I needed to end it with, uh, like again, plowing through his bedroom. And this is obviously seventh grade, a very different me, very immature version of myself. And looking back, I would not have, I mean, if I could go back in time, I would not do that. It happened. Okay. Put down. But it, I think oftentimes we don't know what is the best option. We go with the option that would probably be the quickest, whether it costs us or not. And so now go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I, and I mean, like, I, I, I understand where you're coming from because it, it's natural. It's human instinct, right? Right. And so, like, you, when the natural instinct is someone harmed you, you want to inflict equal damage to that same, that, that person and as a form of retribution, you know? And that's a natural um, reaction. But my dad, he kind of, he kind of taught me this. He was just like, if you just react in a violent manner, like, um, I forget what he, he had me read something. And it was basically saying that um, you can equate violence with lack of intelligence. Correct. The fact that you're so overwhelmed by your emotions that you're not able to um, confidently speak and express how you feel and what's going on and your your first action is to you know be violent that is a lack of intelligence and you're not a monkey so you have to be smart and so like understanding that like i'm it's i would be lying to say if i haven't gotten into physical altercations before but I, I will say that as I've gotten older, I've come to value the art of speaking and talking down tough situations. Because uh, unfortunately, as, as I said before, you know, by you just having an outburst or violent outburst, it's a form of lack of intelligence. Right. And I'm smarter than that. And I know that if we can diffuse the situation with our words, then it'll benefit both parties because now we don't need to get cops involved. Nobody has to get hurt. And, you know, we're able to some way find a way to compromise. I think that's the most important thing is finding a way to use your words to talk yourself down and to talk yourself out of a terrible situation. A lot of the times I think that situations get escalated or turn out far more worse when you just react violently as your first impulsive thought. And, and you're right. And I, and I, I guess, like I said, I have to sit down with myself again and look and reevaluate my situation like at the time. I don't think my parents were proud. I mean, my dad should. And I mean, like, like in that, in that situation, honestly, like, I don't know what I would have done. Like, because I've, I've never gotten picked on for that long of a time. Like the only time I really got picked on was um, that one instance I told you about. And then um, I had a, a few, like, um, again, I went to all white Catholic school. So I had a few boys call me outside of my name just because of my race. And that was more like, that was like, I fast forward like eight years and I've, 
when I dealt with that, I was, it was almost like I didn't even bother listening anymore. Right. It was just, I had to focus on doing this. And my, my dad, again, like it's different because, of, and this was how he educated me. He said that you have every right to be upset and react the way that you want physically. However, when you do that, you're only proving them right. If someone thinks that you're a barbaric animal and you choose to lash out in a barbaric, violent way, you're only proving them right. So instead of, you know, making your point, you just prove them right. right. And more times, oftentimes than uh, most, being in that situation and I'm the only, you know, black guy, once I react, I get in trouble and the other ones can claim self-defense. And so by the time I got to high school, I didn't bother fighting or going after anybody in a physical sense. I just try to use my words as best as possible. And if I couldn't, then I just stay quiet. And I just, you know, I, 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 I suffered in silence, so to speak. And I think that, okay, so just with what you're saying, I think that one thing that you and I can both sit here and say is that we're not, we're not promoting violence for people to go out and do that kind of behavior. Obviously, I would expect anybody in seventh grade, if they did that, like what I did and kind of reacted out of a physical way, which I never did. I usually try to avoid situations, but my mom actually said something before I lashed out the way I did in that time. She said, if you ignore them, eventually they're going to stop because they realize they can't get to you. And so in essence, right, the thing is people don't, um, people don't necessarily know how to handle when somebody is not affected or disturbed by the situation. So my mom actually made that clear to me. She was, that's why she wasn't a huge fan of me reacting. You can disarm somebody by not reacting because, at all. Because you're showing no, yeah, exactly. You're showing no reaction. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not going to be able to continue. So exactly. I think that when we think about the big thing about bullying, right? So one last thing that I can think of, and I guess this is the psychology of it, insecurities. Our insecurities, there's something that causes us to do such a thing. So one thing that I will break down for people just to understand is that the reason why we behave that way or respond the way that we do when we get bullied or when you do bully is because there is a certain degree, there's a certain degree of trauma or of an experience that allows us or that sends us down from the typical norm. And now I will say typical norm is because society sets that limit. The society gives you that line that says this is where normal is, right? Now I do put quotations yeah. because we have a society no that creates thing. these boundaries. Now <clears throat> when you when you're bullied, now you in the eyes of other people, you've now gone below that line. So what people do is this, and this is actually a real life thing, no societal line, no typical norm. This is real life. When we feel low, when we feel smaller, when we feel that we are lacking something that somebody else has, we tend to find a way to break down the other person. We have a mindset that allows us to either build or to break. And so we uh, we had a conversation off air. Actually, we texted back and forth. I kind of told you something that was going on, you know, at, at, you know, in, in the workspace, and it was just not allowing yeah. those situations to deteriorate me. And this is an example where we allow to either make or break. And I think when you think of bullying and being a bully. 
the the concept is is that we allow the insecurities the parts of us that we're most sensitive or the most hyper aware of to dictate the response that we have and it all is up here in the mind we want to tear someone down to be equal so they can understand how we're feeling so even somebody who's not necessarily being bullied if i start breaking you down and saying hey picking at you it's our way to as humans we want people to feel what we're feeling and so bullies don't know how to communicate especially if in the middle school and high school but so relative to today's topic and being adults when people are picking at you or saying something about you um oftentimes somebody's going through something in their own personal life and the only way for them to really uh, to communicate that is by making everybody else in the room feel their level of love. Because in the, in the, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, that person who's making those comments, being disrespectful, maybe even saying something that's completely not acceptable, like something even in, in, in something on the racial or racial aspect, right? Cause I've seen it. Yeah. So with that being said, those things, people say things because that's the adult way of handling things. Cause you wouldn't see someone fighting. Oh, I would hope not fighting in the workspace. But saying things that is personalized to each person to tear them down because of what they're personally feeling, so they make everybody else feel that. It's it's ironic that you use the word, the phrase tear down, and that's something that is, is is super powerful. If you really think about it, their bullying still exists, just like as you said in the workplace. Yep. The only thing is now it comes in a different form. It comes in form of passive aggressiveness. It comes in um, the form of, you know, inappropriate comments. Um, just, it, it, it still exists. And like, this is the thing that I've actually like had to remind myself. And I'm sure you can say that you've worked with this type of person. And most of our listeners can say that they've worked with this type of person, all right? I'm gonna paint you guys a picture. Think of it like this. Every person has that one person that you come in passing or you work that is just, extremely just negative. Everything happens terrible around them and they blame everyone and everything else for why things are happening. They're a permanent victim and they're miserable pretty much 99% of the time. And so their interaction with you is always negative and their negativity that they have in their life, they try to spread it and spew it to every single person that comes within proximity. And that's the scariest part is you have to be very mindful of how much you intake from that negative person because that negative person will completely mess up your headspace, mess up what you think about yourself, how you feel about yourself, and make you second guess and doubt yourself. So bullying isn't just something that happens to kids. It's something that still progresses in the adult world, but it just comes in a different form. And you gotta be very, very mindful in like, you know, the, the phrase protect your energy you really got to protect your energy and protect your mind because if you allow the outside influences to um, throw you off your game, you might be throwing off for God knows how long. And it's going to take you time to pick yourself back up and to, you know, start all over again. So like those, those bullies, they're very real and they exist to this day. And the, the, like you mentioned it earlier, right? Bullies are usually insecure. And I think there was, there was something that you said. You said, uh, um, 
bullies or people who are insecure tend to beat down, right? They beat down others. So like, this is my, my, my last and final point. People who are insecure, they beat down the people around them. Why do they do that? They're beating down the people that are around them because they're consistently and constantly beating down themselves from within. So that beat down, that mental verbal abuse that they're subjecting themselves to, now they're allowing themselves to experience it. And now they're lashing out on the outside world around them and start saying the meanest, yes, the meanest, cruelest words and saying terrible things. All the while you're sitting here saying, how can you say such terrible things? Like what type of person are you? But they're lashing out because they're hurt. Hurt people hurt others. And you're, you're beating down somebody else because you're constantly beating yourself down. So their problem isn't necessarily with you. Their problem is within themselves. And unless they're honest with themselves, which is the most important thing, unless they're honest with themselves and unless they're actually willing to tackle the issues instead of running away from them, that's going to be a vicious cycle that they're going to suffer for the rest of their lives. And that in itself is the reason why today we did our episode, because I think that we all, we, we think that when you hit out of high school, everything goes away and you made a very good point and people don't realize the behaviors that they have. There are still people that are holding on to things that they haven't healed from. Again, it's, it's part of you, you go from, it's an evolving aspect. It's not necessarily this, Oh, Hey, I'm going to pick on you on the school bus. It's, I'm going through a terrible marriage right now, or, Hey, I have so much stress with school. People, I I encounter patients who I've talked to and they've told me why they feel a certain way when they're, you know, when I sit down with Baker Act patients and I'm not going to go into, you know, detail just for the privacy of the patient, but there are moments that I have to, I've listened and I, all I hear them saying is this is what I'm experiencing. And while we are judging people for being, verbally a certain way to somebody it's like you said you 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 hit it right on the net you hit the nail on the head they're just expressing they're communicating what they're going through what they're going through yeah. every moment so they want other people it's like this last little thing that i got when you're in a room you have people come over to your house what is something you want I know me, I want everybody to be comfortable. I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to be able to have food, something to drink, relax, take your shoes off. You want people to be, they want, you want people to feel your home. They want you to feel comfortable. Hey, Super Bowl's coming up. I want people to feel comfortable in the presence of our home, not like tight and intense and like, oh my gosh, ah, it's, there's a comfortable feeling. So we radiate that same energy to other people with, we want people to be in the same uh, level of comfort. It's like, why do we actually hang out with people? Who, like I would be very uncomfortable being in a group of people who speak about basketball, because guess what? I honestly don't have a lot of knowledge about basketball. So naturally I'm going to feel like the guy that's the outlier. I'm not sure. So I know that's not necessarily the best analogy for the whole purpose of talking about, uh, you know, bullying and the receiving end or doing bullying. But what I'm saying is, is that we as a, someone who bullies wants somebody else to feel and experience at the same level that they are. Just like you're at my house, I want you to be comfortable, relax, have a good time because that's how I am in my house, in my home. So it's that same concept. Yeah. 
it, it's just, it's a way for us to cope, right? We cope with our own traumas, our own insecurities. And this is why we talk about the podcast, why we talk about becoming the best version of yourself. Because the problem that we have that we face in society is that we don't know how to communicate the right things by saying, hey, I'm struggling with this today. We want to beat around the bush and we want others to hurt because, hey, I've been hurt, so I don't know how else to do it. But see, we're afraid to tell Adler, hey, man, I've been hurt. I've gone through this. I've experienced this. We're afraid because somebody else may judge us or discriminate us or, or look at us differently because we talk about our emotions and our feelings. And if everybody did that, yeah. you know how much easier it would be? There'd be a lot less bullying. There'd be a lot less worry about whether you could be emotional or not. You could be more vulnerable. So the, now the question comes, why don't people naturally do that? I think we should, I I have think we should save that one for another episode. Cause that's a good one to I, talk about. Oh, okay. I was, okay, was going to say, I have a theory, um, but we, we can, we can, um, because then, then people can look we, into the next episode. Yeah, we could, we could table that and we could bring it up. Um, I, I just find like, again, like the whole protecting the energy thing, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's very, um, I think that's essential. It really, you, you can't, you can't operate successfully at an effective level, effective rate in life, unless you're able to protect your energy. Right. And so it, it now becomes this, this thing where, um, like, and I, cause this sounds so taboo, right? We live in a day and age where, <clears throat> sorry, pardon, pardon me. Um, we live in a day and age where people talk about healing healing, healing, healing. And it's become kind of taboo because a lot of times people are afraid of healing to begin with because not a lot of people really want to do the hard, like raw truth work that comes with healing. And you have to be completely honest with yourself. And so the healing process, um, it takes that honesty. It takes a lot of work and, um, no matter what it is that you've gone through, no matter what trauma that you have gone through experience, whether it be like, you know, um, parent parental like traumas or, you know, the death of somebody else or losing a job or losing a loved one or all these different things that can like contribute to why you're upset and miserable and why you feel the way that you feel. No one's going to take that away from you. No one's going to say that it's any less real. But the only thing is it does not give you a right to treat people however you feel like being or however you feel like treating them just because you're hurt, you're experiencing trauma. So it's important to work on trying to develop that inner peace. That peace will help heal you from that trauma. And that might also improve the relationships that you have around others. Exactly. Just food for thought. I think we, I think we're developing something here, man. And I, and I'm just going to say this as we're closing. I think that we've got something that we have in front of our face. Like you said, taboo, right? We don't want to be like you're hopping on the, on the everybody's on the train kind of situation. But there is something that we neglect. We neglect talking about healing. I think people have a generic idea of it, but don't necessarily know what it is, where to start. Where can I, where do I begin? 
and a lot of it is a self self actually a lot of self-evaluation it's sitting down with yourself and really looking deep down within you not superficial not that oh the other day no like actually getting down to the nitty-gritties of who you are why you experience the things you're experiencing why you feel the way that you feel why is it that you're afraid to share how you feel with people because we are afraid of the unknown if i tell you something i don't know how you're going to respond you're not going to be my friend anymore well look at that so now before this is the thought process this is the final thing i got before we get out of here if i tell you something there's the unknown before i tell you something i know that i got a great friend in my life i know that i can talk to you I got things going on. And this is a very generic, this is just an example. I'm not really, there's no, nothing that I'm like going through. Like I'm just using this as an example. So don't worry. But I'm saying this because I think this is where people actually get right at this little spot right here. And we want to talk about and break this. Adler, oh my gosh, I got this going on. But not telling you the full thing. But this say one day I say, Adler, you know, the other day I was telling you this thing going on and I need to tell you it. And now you look at me like, oh gosh, I don't know how to respond to that. In my head, I may go, oh, man, maybe I should have never told him that. Now I might lose my friend. Maybe he'll think I'm the weirdo. Maybe he'll think. And we start doing all this self-evaluating. But do you see who's doing it? We do. Individually. I'm doing that. So if we can sit down and break down the self-awareness aspect and become aware of what. You're basically talking about, like. You're talking about like controlling, um, not allowing your mind to spiral out of control and to find a way to reorient your mind instead of attacking yourself so consistently. Well, I think, well, yes, but it, it kind of, it was tying into what you were saying about healing in order to heal. Yeah. No, no, I, yeah. Of what's going on inside of you. You can't, you can't, I can't sit in a room and everyone starts saying, all right, let's help Steven with how he talks or what he says, or maybe how he looks. Or why his beard looks kind of funny. Like if I don't say something, people aren't going to know what to, how to respond or how they're going to be able to react. That's a good point. You, you make a very good point. We, uh, we sit in a room and we think that people can mind read us and that's not <laughs> possible. No one can sit there and go, Hey, you know what? I knew that you went through that trauma. I know what it's like to be adopted. Unless I say something, people aren't going to relate yeah. to it. You're not, no one's gonna be able to understand what it's like to go to an all white boy Catholic school, unless you say something and it's just like we have this expectation that people are going to be able to mind read us, which is why we're so limited on what information we share. And then we're stuck in the cycle of the insecurities. And then you go into the modern day in work, outside of work, bullying, and then the clicks and all the other stuff that comes with it. But I think yeah. a lot of conversations from today's conversation, because I think this would really kind of just made my brain go like, wow, I can pull this. I hear a lot of people talk about that. Man, people talk about this at work. Like, these are actual legitimate conversations that I hear going on in the workspace. And I think this would be a good sure. to, to kind of pull from. Yeah, uh, we can definitely uh, expound upon that next following week. Um, but for now, guys, uh, we're going to keep this one a little bit on the short side. Yes. Um, again, we thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, every single one of you guys uh, who take the time to listen and uh, especially reach out. I had a handful of people reach out last week um, on uh, a couple of topics we, we discussed. I had someone um, sympathy, actually at work. I had somebody reach out about like the accountability, like like taking accountability for, you know, your, your own life. Um, so, I mean, this is actually, this is good stuff. This is good things um, that, you know, the whole goal of the Best You Nation is 
for us to self-improve and to also give you guys something that um, is worth listening to and worth applying to your own lives. And um, we hope that uh, we have been able to impact you in the best way possible. And if you could, you know, because we work diligently at this and we work on trying to give you the best product that we possibly can, check us out on um, The Best You Nation. Follow my page 24 hours in a day. Um, follow Finn Foster. Um, and uh, that's us on Instagram. Also got a TikTok 24 hours in a day. Uh, and, you know, check out uh, TBYN Worldwide, our website. We have memorabilia. We have coffee. We've got a whole bunch of stuff. Show your boys some love. Give us some support. And we will continue providing you with the best content that we possibly can. Finn, any last words? No, man. I'm just excited for next week and what we got going on this year in 2023. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys take care. Have a blessed week. Stay safe. Stay positive and be the best version of yourselves.